Hi everyone, welcome back to a new episode of 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I sit down with your favorite artists and ask them how they started and where they want to go next, mama. Ah, uh, another great episode coming up, but before, don't forget to support the podcast. You can do it on the show notes for as little as $1 per month. Honey, you spend a dollar in like anything, like Taco Bell, Jack in the Box, a drinks at the bar, so a dollar a month is not going to make a difference. And you're going to be supporting this fabulous project and I will love you a lot more. Also, this episode is airing on July 11th, which is a day after my birthday. So bitch, send me that as a birthday gift or send me nudes, whatever you want. Anyways, <laughs> on to my guest, on to my star that I have here. Ah, this episode is long overdue, y'all. She's one of my favorite sisters here. She's an Orange County legend. She's gorgeous. Hilarious. Hilarious. If you're not following her on TikTok for her TikTok lives, what are you doing with your life? Please Welcome the gorgeous Autumn Bros. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, baby? The one and only Natasha Hundred. Wait, I just saw your name says Miss Hundreds in here. Okay. Oh, I live. You know, it's just a little, a little something, you know, a little, a little something for the girls. Makes me feel special when I'm like, oh, Miss Hundreds. <laughs> ah, they're, they're referring to Miss Hundreds. Hello. You said yes, ma'am. It's on the paperwork. <laughs> it's the LLC. Miss Hundreds LLC. You know what it is yes ma'am <laughs> that's what i'm talking about yes yeah, it's long overdue it also feels very like elementary school teacher miss hundreds i have a question yes <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yes, sweetie. Okay, now we're doing multiple things now, okay? We're with the kids. We're teaching kindergarten now. What else are we doing? <laughs> we're doing story times. Mm -hmm. we, we got it all, baby. They, let me tell you, the gays do it the all. The gays do it all. It's the hom homosexual audacity of being gay. Baby, we rule the fucking world, and the people that don't agree on that, I don't know what world you're living under, but we've been helping this planet turn since long before the dinosaurs. Okay? Long before mama. Long before... Oh my god. Speaking of things that are ruling the world, did you succumb into the pressure of downloading threats already? No. I just saw a TikTok about it today and it was like this girl talking about whether she thinks it's going to take off and do do well or not. I didn't get into TikTok until like till we were starting to come out of COVID, kind of. Yeah, like in the middle of COVID, I started to get on TikTok. But prior to that, like I didn't really use it. So it might take me a while to get to it. But I mean, I see some people are already using it. I see them posting it on their stories. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I honestly did it as soon as I could. <laughs> I was like, let me jump in the bandwagon right now while there's not many people, while it's not like too saturated. And it's all right. I mean, I never used Twitter a lot. And I guess that's where the party was at with like all the drama okay. and everything. But this seems like similar. I think that it's gonna, it has potential. Explain like the basis of that is what I need to know. Yeah. So basically it's super similar to Twitter as that you have like a timeline and then you'll get fed. <laughs> Sounds really bad, but you'll get fed like content from like all these other people that you may or may not follow. And it's just basically like Twitter, like text, or you can share like pictures or reshare something. It looks works like very similar. Okay. But I mean, Twitter has been run by this man child that nobody wants to support anymore and it's been so regulated. So I think it's the next. I know these, what is it, 600 tweets a day or whatever that thing is? Something right? like that. I'm like, bitch. I like to scroll and scroll yeah. and scroll and scroll. And then 
then I go to different profiles and scroll and scroll. You know, I like to go for my meme profiles. Baby, that's where I get all my memes. That's Twitter. That's where I get all my porn. <laughs> oh, that too. That too, baby. You got. That's where you got to have two accounts. <laughs> that part. That part. You got to have one. No picture. No profile. No nothing. Just blank random name. A fucking John Michaels, fifty-two, North Carolina. And then you don't like. You just like and re- retweet all the videos you like, and then you just look on your profile or go down your like. Yeah. And be like, oh, yeah, this video was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ain't nobody going to know it's Miss 100 sitting behind John Michael, North Carolina, bitch. <laughs> and ain't nobody going to know it's Miss 100 being like, that's a big car. Oh, my God. You, you seem like you know me. Have you found my alt Twitter already? And I don't know it. <laughs> no. I mean, some of the other girls have some. Oh, my God. And, oh, wait, can we talk about that? Yeah. What are your thoughts on the girls having alt Twitters? I I mean, I live for it. If you are being happy and you're, you're not harming anybody, show the whole world your whole. I don't care. As long as I don't run into it because Sister Dick will make you sick, honey. Uh, like, we cannot do that. <laughs> thank you. Say it again for the people in the back row. You heard her. Sister Dick is gonna make y'all fucking sick. Stop fucking your friends and your sisters, you nasties. Keep that outside of your fucking friendship. Please do. Messy ass gays. Messy. Messy. Uh-huh. How about you? How you feel about the girlies with the null Twitter? The, I mean, hey baby, to each their own, it couldn't be me, but I literally, any any avenue and revenue that people want to make for themselves, bitch, go for it. Just because it's not my fucking cup of tea don't mean it's not yours. So Exactly. If you're going to make cash, bitch, get a bag. Get your fucking bag. And if you're going to make hella money for it, go for it. And you're going to build full-time performing or whatever doing on top of that, bitch, good for you. There's people, bitch, that went on the show and they came off the show and they all got all Twitter. Exactly. And they don't even they don't even hide it. No. They don't even hide it. I'm like, okay. Good for them. I mean, they're very attractive. I'm like, oh, should I subscribe? And then I go into their page and I'm like 20 bucks a month uh no I'll just wait until some of these leak onto reddit <laughs> I have never subscribed to anybody's OnlyFans really yeah never okay let me tell you this because this is some tea right here <laughs> I subscribed to an OnlyFans once. Someone local within the LA, Orange County. And I'm like, I want my money back. This is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, these are the worst $8 I've ever spent my entire life. That's why I'm like, I just, I never know what I'm going to get. And if I, like, what if I spend $15 and it's just like a bunch of pictures or it's like 10 second, five second videos. Like, cause you can't see, you can't see the lengths of the videos. You just see like, it's all blocked out with a lock on them. You can't see anything. Like, and then you go into it and it's just like a bunch of five second clips of them like shaking their ass in the shower or something. And you're like, I paid money for this. In this case, like all the pictures were like almost the same. I'm like, why do you want to see like 35 pictures of you in the same angle? Yeah. Showing your dick. Like, no, I want variety. We want, you know, creativity. We want versatility. We want to see it all. We want to see it all. Everything, honey. But keep the dick away from your sisters and your friends. Please do. Please do. At least for me, I don't do that. I cannot, I cannot roll like that no ma'am no ma'am hey baby to each their own if it works for you it works for you hey listen again to each your own i love that that's gonna be our episode to mantra today yes ma'am to each their own literally because everything we're talking about is to each their own yes yes this is only true cross-dressers sitting here speaking their opinions yeah so what do we know <laughs> but i want to know a lot more about your drag yes ma'am this episode is specifically dedicated to like sobriety and drag I know that you've been sober for a number of years. So how did that 
started. So I've been sober for almost two years now. I've been sober for a year and seven months. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a journey, but I have loved it. I think during COVID, I was not doing anything like everybody else. I was just drinking a lot. And my tolerance was not as high as it used to be. But coming out of COVID, my tolerance for alcohol was just like so hot. And, you know, like going out, you see one drink turns to two, two turns to three. And then next thing you know, I'm like, I'm like kind of fucked up. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to get home or like, do I sleep in the car or what? Like I didn't necessarily have like a full problem with alcohol. I just noticed that it was becoming a habit that I was turning to to kind of run for my feelings or my own problems that I was kind of not addressing at the moment. I think one way that I wanted to kind of really figure out what was going on with me, along with my mental health, that also like, you know, fair and fair with it, kind of played it like a fair match with it. Like, I just was taking antidepressants and drinking and smoking and like, and it was like smoking weed, let me preface. And like, after a while, like it was just a lot on my body. And, you know, coming out of COVID, I just felt like I wasn't like, I literally didn't feel like a normal person. I was, my antidepressants were like making me feel one thing. The alcohol was making me feel another. I was, everything was up and down and then like needing to sleep and then trying to take a sleep med. And it really just kind of started to become like a, a problem where I wanted to drink literally just to get away from like even my day to day, just I can't sleep at night. Let me pop a drink or let me go get a white claw. Like, let me, I'm, I'm bored. I'm not doing anything. And like those little habits, they start to pick up to something you know eventually i came to a point where i was like i do not feel good like i am going down a destructive path i can feel myself going down a destructive path and i'm pretty self-aware as a person um, when it comes to like my body my immediate reaction was to just literally cut everything off because either i wasn't going to cut it off or was going to try and like slow down how much i was drinking and then cutting it off at a slower slower pace for me that would give me an opportunity to be like oh well what's like what's one more you know like how much it was really gonna battle my self-discipline i wanted my self-discipline to win over me choosing alcohol so on december 31st i went out i said i'm having one beverage I will have one drink. If it's strong as hell, let it be strong as hell. But January 1st at midnight, once that clock strikes midnight, there's no alcohol, no weed, no substance, like nothing. You it's you, you cold turkey everything or you don't do it at all. That's the way I was looking at it. And I cold turkeyed it. And that was rough. Like the come down of just like cutting everything off it's not for everybody you know everybody's journey with sobriety is different so i don't recommend doing it my way if it doesn't work that way you know do what works for you but cutting myself off was what i needed to do in order for me to get a grip of my on myself my mental health like what i was doing with my life what direction i was going with my life and kind of really reevaluate and put myself on a new path. Choosing to be sober and adapting to that was one thing as a human. And then also trying to throw in working as a drag queen and working in a bar establishment all the time was really another, like another yes. challenge on top of that. So I really had to like think about that. Like, do I want to push a drag career now that I'm sober? Is that something that I want? Is that something I'm going to be able to like do realistically? Can I be around an environment where there's lots of alcohol and not fight the urge to drink? And that's really fucking hard. 
It is. But honestly, congratulations on being so self-aware. Honestly, speaking for myself, I don't have that like quality of being like, okay, what am I fucking up? Right? I always need somebody to tell me that. But I applaud you for being self-aware and be like, bitch, this is not the tea. This is not what I want to be, who I want to be. Let's change it up. So honestly, props to you, baby. This is so, so huge. And I also love that you cut it off like completely. But that you also make a point that if it, everyone's journey is different. So maybe this is not going to work for you. Oh, that is so right, girl. Oh, congratulations, my love. It's not an easy thing to do. Thank you, mama. Oh, I got goosebumps. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's definitely rough. And I think when we say everybody's journey with sobriety is different, like I'm I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I am able to have the self-discipline to do that. There are people that don't have that and like really need help and have to get outside assistance to help them with that. And so I think it's really one thing to focus on the fact of like, look at what your journey looks like for you and don't compare your sobriety journey to like anyone else's because at the end of the day, everyone's going to be different. Yeah. I love that. Don't compare yourself to anybody on your journey on sobriety, on your journey of drag or any other goals that you have, honestly, because comparing your journey to others is just going to take away your attention from your actions and what you need to do. I love that. So when you started doing drag again, like how, what was the hardest part of like, you know, being in the gigs where, like you said, there's so many drinks, there's so many other substances. Like what was the hardest part of that? Yeah. Well, like when you think of like substances, there's not. I mean, just in any club environment, there's not just like alcohol. There's like people who have Coke on them or people like people microdose and bring shrooms with them. People like smoke marijuana. People, there's a lot of things that people do ketamine. Let, let me just preface this. This is not just within my own community. Okay. This is the whole world. You guys, like people just don't see it as much as we do because it's not talked about as much, at least in my opinion. It was something that I had to navigate and really figure out like, what does a healthy experience look like at work for me? What do I need for myself? What's the environment I need to be around? Do I need support there while I'm in these environments? Like, Am I physically going to be okay in the environment, like not being having an anxiety attack or feeling like I'm on edge all the time? Like, I really just had to navigate what I want my experience to look like for me. And I really started with, I, I think, letting everybody know around you, like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at. I'm choosing a sober lifestyle. And I think being sober curious is also something that people can play into as well you don't have to like be sober for a long amount of time you could be sober curious and just try it for three months and see what it looks like for you sober curious sounds like a little bit like by curious which is also very fine you yes. know like you can try it out and see how you like it yes baby let me tell you walk the line <laughs> i think i let everybody know around me like this is my new journey this is what life is gonna look like for me and i i would just appreciate support moving forward i mean i think that was one thing and then following that i think being in the bar environment that i was in 
I had a little bit of an easier time adapting to it because the bar staff was one, so considerate of me anytime I had a drink in my hand. Two, they were always making sure that anytime they gave me a beverage that I physically knew that they looked me in the eyes and told me there's no alcohol in this. So that made me feel really safe and comfortable, you know, that I'm able to like get a beverage and it not have alcohol, you know, and I think just knowing that I'm able to have the experience of working and being sober is something that I think has helped me a lot as a person. Because I think a lot of times when you go into work, you're like, bitch, I've had a rough day or I've had a long day today. Let me get a fucking drink or two in my system and let me go buck down for the girls in the audience. Like, let me pull out the stunts because I want fucking drinks and I want money. Like, you know, having that same mindset but take the alcohol completely out of that is sometimes a very fucking hard pill to swallow, girl. Some days it's so much harder than others. Like, when you see all the girls around you and they're like, everybody lets take shots okay we're gonna do a group shot before we start the show you know like everybody's like oh you have your drink i have found that what helps me be more comfortable in the environment is like asking for a cranberry juice a red bull which be careful with because that's a lot of fucking sugar get the sugar-free one if you do a soda if you want they can make you a mocktail which is the bar that i work at they make me mocktails all the time which strut thank you for that the bartenders have literally always shown me so much respect and been so courteous and cautious of like my sobriety journey and they've been so supportive so i've appreciated that but i've also think that just that has helped me navigate my experience at other bars working i don't know if that makes sense but it's definitely made me feel a lot more comfortable walking in and being like can you guys make me a mocktail i don't drink right I love that you had all the support. Yes. It, you know, it felt very surreal to me. Like I posted like a, you know, I, I made a dress for my one year of sobriety. My When I hit my one year, I made a bottle cap dress and it was literally all bottle. It was made out of bottle cap tops. And like just seeing the outcry of support, like from like just from me posting that was just so overwhelming to me like it was just so humbling and overwhelming just to see how many people like were supportive and encouraging me to like continue with my journey and really find what works for me and that made me feel like way less alone that is beautiful and i saw the picture obviously i screened out like this is everything congrats on the year i was like yes 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 always rooting for you baby you know me you know me i know i love you i'll be rooting for you I love you, baby. And it's freaking hard. Honestly, I do applaud you because it's you're spot on, right? The minute that we go to the bar, especially if it's like a week, like a weekday gig, like a a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, and you're like, shit, I just got off work like two hours ago. Now I'm here. Let me get some drinks. And like you said, let's turn up, right? But I'm so sure that's so different when, when you are in like that environment. Have you ever had like a queen that's like maybe like peer pressuring you? would be like girl don't be all about that or that didn't take your journey as serious i think maybe in the beginning people didn't take it as serious but that's just because like the nature of like me and who i am i'm always just like yeah let's fucking do it shot yeah i'm fucking down okay we'll do okay i'm down like are you gonna let's do another round of drinks i'm down like sure let's fucking do it like (laughs) i don't think i've experienced any anybody that's been like oh you don't girl you are you sure like or oh that sucks i've never had anybody tell me oh that's boring or oh that 
sucks or like sober lifestyle. I have people say that like I can't imagine a sober lifestyle, but then I just say like I I mean I can't imagine a lifestyle where I'm in the bar drinking every weekend and spending that much money on alcohol. I just use that money on other things, but to each their own. To each their own. There we have it. <laughs> there we go, baby. You know, like it. You know, like it's just everybody's journey with alcohol is so different, and especially when you mix antidepressants with that, like, and then other substances, like it just can become a cocktail for disaster and i had to give myself a values check at some point and it needed to happen sooner rather than later yes absolutely you had to make it for yourself yes ma'am and it was gonna be for nobody else but for me period period you've given so many good advice to like you know live a sober lifestyle but anything else that you would say to anyone not only drag queens or drag kings but anybody in the nightlife industry call it djs bartenders servers etc that are considering going sober but maybe scared because again they are in that environment where everyone's drinking where it's so normal so any like one nugget of, of advice for them i would say don't look at it as you're going to be like sober forever look at it as like i said earlier like sober curious you want to like look at what the journey looks like for you you want to test it out you want to test the waters and then maybe you decide after you do like three months where you don't drink like okay maybe i can drink like i'll give myself an opportunity one night a week to drink you know you kind of find what limitations work for you or maybe you find altogether that a sober lifestyle is what I want and what works for me. And then if it really is something that you want, you decide how to navigate that in the workplace. Because being a DJ, working at a working as a bar back, working as security in a club is just the same as clocking into your nine to five. And I don't think those people get as much credit for that. Like they don't get as much support or services as you do at a nine to five, but it's literally the same thing. No, period. Because it's in the same with drag, right? It's clocking like a nine to five and it's sometimes not very healthy that we are shoving that much alcohol and drink on the clock right i mean it's a fun job to have like consistently like and when you think about it you like if you work like let's say you're a busy girl and you work wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday that's five nights out of the week that let's say you get two three drink tickets at each club okay that's like how many drinks is that 15 15 yeah like 15 drinks in five days minimum because you know the patrons like to buy shots and the girls like to buy shots Min yeah. yeah because the pay our shots yes i didn't yes 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 you know like so that's just like you look at the cocktails like and then you add all the necessities on top of that and then you add potentially other substances and on top of that it's a lot at one time for my girlies for my drag kings and queens out there that are listening on the show notes there's gonna be a Paul, let me know how many drinks you have, if any, when you're at the show on an average night out. On an average night out. I want to know on a night out, what's your average yes. number of drinks? Like, is it one? Do you stick to one or you're like, I'm a two girly or you're like, a, I want to get fucked up. Who want to get fucked up? Who want to get fucked up? Hey, you know, like, let me know. Because I think it's also something that we don't talk about often in our community is like that alcoholism is a big problem. Just in, in today's world in general, but in our community, like we have a huge alcohol problem that I don't think gets looked at or talked about as much as it should. You know, like our community... I cannot tell you the top of my head. I don't remember right now the percentage that our community drinks more than like the head or average heterosexual person. But I know that it is a decent more percentage. And, you know, that's obviously due to circumstantial things. Like there's a lot of things that play into that, you know, culturally, circumstantially, like socially, all, all these things play into all these things. So 
you know, there's so many things to look at, but I just think if you're curious at all with the sober journey, look out to like sober groups around you. Go online, look into sober environments around you, look, look up if there's queer or LGBTQ, like sober communities around you, reach out to the people there, talk to them about your journey. It's not often that you're going to find somebody that is sober in the bar. So your chances of making a relationship there are slimmer than if you're like trying to outreach to find people that like live the lifestyle that you're like wanting to look into. Yes, reach out because it's similar to like coming out of the closet. I'm comparing it to like coming out of the closet in like a small town. Yeah. I mean, in that environment, you don't feel like there's like a lot of people like you, you know, or that you can relate to. But if you look for them, like you will find them. They are there. So it's very similar. They are there. Reach out. There's tons of groups. I can put some on the show notes as well in case you are sober curious or want to start a sober curious journey. Reach out to them and give it a shot. Yes. Sobriety's journey is different for everybody, but literally never be afraid to look into it, to try and tackle it. There is so much support that we have around just for regular human beings that you could take just LGBTQ out of it. There is so much support for people that are looking to get sober, whether it be drugs, alcohol, anything out there. There is a lot of support and look into it and get help when you need it and ask for help. That's a really big thing. Also, like ask for help and acknowledge when you have a problem. Yes. And some people do think that, oh, if I go sober, I'm going to lose my spark or whatever. Girl, Autumn right here is crazy as hell. And she has been sober oh. for more than a year. <laughs> Thank you. Stop, stop with that. Thank you. Thank you. Think Or people think like you'll lose friends. Exactly. And baby, if you do, goodbye. To each their own. To each their own. If you lost your friend because you're sober, baby, that is on them, not on you. You have to be like, you know, it's just it comes with the lifestyle that you're looking to live. And you're only around so much because you guys go out to the club so often. I think often people don't also look at that. Like if you take alcohol out of some of your friendships, like, I don't know, is that shady to say? Is there like a is sometimes if you take the alcohol and the clubbing out of the friendship, is there like a friendship there that has substance? I don't think it's shady because it's true. You know, if you're only seeing that person or that quote unquote friend, like at the club getting fucked up, but not like anywhere else. I'm like, maybe that is just more like an acquaintance, you know, because I did have a friend like that back in Mexico. We would always go out like at the clubs on the weekends, get fucked up, but I would never see him like outside of that. And like once I stopped like going out that hard, like I would I stopped seeing him, period, whatsoever. I was like, oh, it is kind of like a little bit of a reality check a little bit, kind of like your feelings do get hurt. And, you know, it just comes with the journey and, you know, it's it's just part of the process. But I think that it, it makes you better as a whole and it kind of just opens your journey up a little bit more. Yes. Such beautiful words, such beautiful message, Mama. Thank you so much for opening up. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know me. I, I love it. I'm so open about it. If anybody wants to message me, please message me I'm on Instagram. You can message me on TikTok. You can message me anywhere. I'm so open to talking about sobriety and giving you resources if you need it. And Natasha said she's going to tag some. So check those out. And, you know, don't be afraid to look out and look into your community and ask for support from your peers. Yes, period. Now let's learn more, a little bit more about the person of Autumn, the, this personality. How long have you been doing drag? I feel like I don't know the answer to this. Seven years. Seven years? I think so. Yeah, maybe eight coming November. It's either seven or eight. I can't think right now. I want to say it's seven. It's for sure seven or eight. Oh my God. I thought it was like five. Uh, maybe because I'm five. So I was like, and I, you know, we've only been at the 
gigs and out together. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, well, we've known each other for like, yeah, for like a, at least five years because I'm, I, I remember being <laughs> a Tasha girl. I love it. I love it. That's my favorite part about like getting older and doing drag. It's like just looking back on like how far we've come as artists. I always look at it as like graduate, you're graduating class, but it's with drag. Like you start together and then you, you keep going and then the pe- there's people that fall off. They don't make it or there's people that keep going and that are like, this is what I want to do and this is where I'm going. And maybe you're one of those people. I'm one of those people. There's the people that we're around all the time are like drag family, like our big family of people. I think the people that we're around a lot and like our community, like the Long Beach one, like and like most of the Orange County girls, like we, we do work very hard. I don't think that we get as much notice for it, but hey, we're going to, I'm going to put it out there. I agree because it's always about LA and I feel like because this area is so close to Los Angeles that we kind of get like encapsulated yes. as like one. And I mean, it's nice, but it's also like, it's the scenes are so different. OC is so different from Long Beach, so different yes. from LA. So I would like some recognition too. Yeah, well, Orange County doesn't really have, we only have the two bars is what they say. We only have the two bars and that's it. And then Long Beach, you guys have like your five, six bars. And so it's, I feel like it's always looked at like LA, Long Beach is its own thing. And then Orange County. And then it's just kind of like, then you keep going down south when you're in San Diego. Literally. But like, we don't have like a lot out here. We need more. We need more bars. We do need more. We need more in Orange County, at least. Like we don't have, like we only have two gay bars, which is crazy. And one is like, I feel like predominantly straight. And the other one is a queer establishment but it does have a decent amount of hetero. I agree. We do need more representation. This is hard in Orange County, you know? It's like the little Florida of California, so. I agree. I just saw some video of, who was it, Paris Hilton? I don't know if it was an episode of, like, some show she was on. She was like, we're not stuck up like these LA girls. And then she said, or something like that. And then the girl said, I'm not from LA. I'm from Orange County. And Paris said, ew, Orange County. I think I've seen it. I hate it. I hate it here. I hate it here. North County. It is literally the little Florida. It is, girl. Like, and the further down south you go, the more Florida it gets. And I'm like, ugh. It's tough. I hate it. I hate it. Like, we just did the beach club in Huntington Beach. Girl, Huntington Beach is like the, the most Florida part of Orange County. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. They, Huntington Beach literally made sure that they got their petition or whatever it was signed so that they didn't have to fly the pride flag or whatever it was. Like some crazy stuff like that. They, Orange County is just like, Huntington Beach is a crazy red county. So they put our little gay asses at some beach club at the end of Huntington Beach. And I'm there showing up to work, girl. That was so nice nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Like, am I going to pull up to a bunch of Republicans standing outside in their flags, throwing it in my face, telling me a bunch of shit like these crazy Nazis did that showed up to that drag queen story time? Like, or am I going to show up to nobody fucking caring? And we showed up and literally nobody cared. Okay, good. Thank God. Thank God. Girl, I was so nervous, but it was, it was packed and it was so much fun. But you know, I think it just shows that regardless of how red or how blue or whatever your county, whatever it is, like you could still push for queer events. You could still hold your events and you guys can still make sure that you guys are seen in whatever city of your county that you're in. Very that. Well, I mean, it's very hard not to see us, honey, when we're this fabulous. I mean, bitch, when you're six foot tall, I mean, I don't look like no woman with this fucking... Adam Sapple. <laughs> you know, in this deep voice. 
in this voice, like with this wig. Hey, baby, girl, yeah. I ain't fooling nobody. With my big ass liner on my eye, I ain't fooling nobody. I could <laughs> wax my legs, I could paint my toes, but I can't get rid of this big old apple in my throat and I cannot get rid of this voice and I ain't changing it. I love it. I they could deal with that. Deal with it, Henny. Because my favorite part is when I'm on TikTok Live and some like troll is like, that's a man. Oh. And I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. What is wrong with that? Literally, who said that I am not? Like, when have I ever said that I am not a man? They, they be saying something about transforming the way, like something about somebody that wants to transform and be a woman. And I'm like, never once have I ever wanted to be a woman. Let me say that. Okay. Y'all have it hard. Yeah. I'm fortunate enough to be born with a dick between my legs. But I'm like, go ahead, sir. Call me whatever you would like. That's why your son is here. And he's watching too. And he's the one that's gifting me. Thank you very much. Let's talk about their TikTok slides because I really enjoy them. Every time that I see you on I'm like, let me hop in real quick, tap the screen. And you know me, literally every single time I'm live, every single time I have a show, I'm live. Every single time, bitch. How do you carve time for that? Because I could never. I'm always running fucking late. <laughs> I run late, bitch, every single time. I run late. I am never early. As Delta Work says, if you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're not booked again. And I am trying to work on that, Delta. I'll get there. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I know how long it takes me to get ready. And I know I'm going to be sitting here this whole time getting ready. No matter how much time I have, I'm going to be sitting here with my music playing. What am I going to talk to myself? That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you have your music playing or you could like listen to a podcast. Like sometimes I'll listen to like Money Exchange or Bob, like Sibling Rivalry, like or I'll listen to Willem in, Willem in Alaska or Delta, you know, like in the background. But most of the time I just like to play music. And when like when you're vibing to the music, like you don't want to be sitting here by yourself. So like... Why not have people that are going to sit here with me and talk to me while I do it? True. To not be bored along the way. And then on top of that, if I can sit here and get gifts or whatever it is, like people, you know, people want to like sponsor you or whatever it is like that you get. It's just like a way for you to be seen and it's before I even get to my job. It's a lot of fun. I love going on TikTok live. It's so much fun. I fucking love it. But I go live literally every single time I have a show, I am on live that day. It doesn't matter what time it is, I'm on live. Like not that long ago, I had to do a cycling class and I had to be there at 7.30 a.m. I was on live at 4 a.m., baby. Wild uh, girl. <laughs> like the LA girl, these are like, girl, what are you doing? And I'm like, just getting up. Good morning. And you guys are all barely going to bed. Literally, literally. <laughs> yeah, it's, I fucking love that it. That is wild. At four in the morning. Yes, because I like to take my time. I hate feeling rushed doing my makeup. That's the one thing. I can get dressed fast. I get throw on a wig fast. I get throw on an outfit fast. That I can all do fast. But baby, you cannot rush fucking glamour. You cannot rush a doll. Look at this, okay? You cannot rush this fucking Ringling, Ringling Brothers Circus act look, but it's going to take its time. I love it. And I love that you also record the show if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Because last time we were booked together, your your followers were like, oh, can we see the show? Can we see the show? And you're like, let me put mm -hmm. you out. And you did. I'm like, girl. Yes. My girlies that like are on TikTok, you know, like, or that do TikTok lives, like you don't really see like backstage views often because that is like, it is a dressing room. So, you know, like you want to be courteous and cautious of like your angles, what's behind you and every that everybody around you knows that you're doing. Like, I think that's one thing to like always be like if you're gonna sit in a corner make sure that if there's mirrors behind you nobody can see anything from the mirrors because these people are they're changing like it is a dressing room like delta says you know make sure everybody's 
cool with it. Make sure everybody's fine and they don't care. And as long as everybody's on the page that you're going to be respectful of everybody in the room and that you're not going to show anybody naked or, you know, be disrespectful to anybody else's like property or just them all together in the back. I say fucking go for it. You know, like do it. I love it. They love it. They love being backstage. They like seeing you change, like not necessarily change like bitch. I zoom in. They see my face. They don't see nothing else. You get my my face, my forehead, and that's it. While I put everything else on, that's all you get. Once my outfit's fully on, I'll zoom out and then they can see everything. And then depending on the venue, if I'm able to put the phone by the stage, I'll just put it by the stage and leave it there. Or if I'm able to bring like have somebody in the audience that I know, I'm like, hey, can you take my phone out there? I'll let the audience see the show because they saw me all getting ready. Some, a lot of them, they want to see you. And then when they're you're performing, people are like, I want to come see you. Where do you perform? Are you like have random people that from all over Southern California that find your TikTok that then come to see you at a show because they saw you on TikTok. Then it's my first drag show. I've never been. So it's just a way for you to like market yourself, for you to get seen before you even physically get to work. And why not use that as an opportunity to like market yourself? Yes. It's so easy because honestly, it's just out of your fingertips and it takes nothing but like planning and some time. I streamed a show once. I was live on a show once a few months ago and it got banned. I got banned from going live because it was like adult content or something and I appealed it. It took forever to get the appeal. And I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Their guidelines are so stupid. You could get on there and these people could say the most hateful, mean, gut-wrenching, nasty things to you and you bark back one time banned and it's like you're banned for like sometimes i mean me i've had bands where i've been banned for 10 minutes i've had bands for like five days i've been banned for two weeks like you know it all just varies and it also just depends on the fucking vibe and the trolls that you get in your fucking life because sometimes them motherfuckers come in and they fuck your shit oh i know i always try to ignore them but like whenever they say something nasty like that like oh that's a man like i try to do like a, like a funny comeback or something yeah like a little comeback yeah, yeah, yeah. well and i think i noticed that when they when you do that and you laugh at it like you, they just leave like <laughs> they tend not to come back yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks ago i was live with paradisa and somebody called us pigs they, they were like oh you guys are pigs and we're like yes daddy we are pigs coin 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 and we were just having everyone was laughing on the comments i was like yep <laughs> Uh, exactly. My That's my sister. With the dick pig herself, Paradisia. <laughs> we love her. Well, wait, can we talk about how your TikTok is so different from mine, though? Like, in the aspect of you post more content, I don't post as much. I just go live. Like, I don't really post as much as you do. Like, I see your videos all the time, like covering Drag Race, covering Drag Con, covering Drag Race Mexico, covering Mexico Pride. You have videos, so you post so much video. And I think I don't even do that as often. Like I don't post as much as I wish I should or could, but that's just because I don't know how you find the time. I don't know how I do it either, girl. <laughs> like literally, how do you edit all that shit? Do you edit it on TikTok? Sometimes on TikTok, but there's another app called uh, CapCut. And CapCut is like, it's super easy. It was better than TikTok before. TikTok now like, like adapted to CapCut. So you can just film everything on your regular camera and then edit it out. That's the hardest part. I'm like, oh, I have all these videos fucking 
filmed. I just need to sit down and edit that. Yes. Okay. So because I go live every time I get ready, I my next investment is going to be like an iPad. So my iPad can be here on live and my phone can be used for get ready with me. Ooh, that's smart. When you think about like, at least for, at least in my experience as a drag queen, when you get hired for content or like branding content, they're not hiring this, Jacob. They're hiring the queen, mama. They're not hiring me as a boy. They're not. They're not hiring you as a boy. And so like, they want the drag queen. So I got to spend all that fucking time getting into drag just to be like, so I have this liner right here that I've used today. Blah, 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 blah. This is what it looks like. You know, like, I just not no quick beauty makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just paint this shit on in like five minutes and be like, no, girl. All right, guys. So today I went with a little tinted moisturizer, a little Charlotte Tilbury, and I'm using this new liner that I have. <laughs> and I'm like, no, girl, I got to get fully fucking into drag, put on hair, put on an outfit, breastplate if needed. If it's a full body look, it has to have pads. Then I got to add shoes. The process for us is just so much more. So I'm like, how the hell does Natasha have so much time to film content? And I'm over here like always fucking live. And that's the reason why I don't film content. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing because like sometimes you do have to like not go live to like film like you said like a get ready with me or like a tutorial on how to like do an eye makeup or something so it's about balance i think but i think there's not one way to do tiktok you know like like you said it sound creators just go live and that's their thing and get thousands of views like you do in gifts and everything through live a good example of somebody who goes only live i mean and they just post clips of their lives miss terry joe thank you the queen the icon the queen herself of christianity herself <laughs> terry joe yeah our lord and savior yes uh, thank you baby and let me tell you i am subscribed to let the live notifications i'm subscribed to when posts are made and it's just because i fucking love that bitch she is so goddamn funny if you guys have not heard of her please go check her out on tiktok her name is psychon underscore psychonic underscore she goes live i believe during the week doesn't go live as much on weekends but during the week she goes live a lot more and she is she plays a character and it is a little comedy sketch and she just goes on live with random people and reads them down and they read her down and vice versa and she is a fucking menace to fucking TikTok but it is so funny but she is just one person girl I, like she'll be on live and she has 50,000 people in her live for like a solid yes. hour and a half icon but she's so funny though she is so goddamn funny Fifty thousand people and all these people are gifting all these people are like whatever it is like you know so i just think it tiktok opens up an opportunity one for you to make money one for you to network yourself for you to just be able to get seen also like to work on what or how you want to like build your image for yourself like what does that look like for your brand moving forward or for yourself you know like you build like a, a vibe and a tribe on your TikTok. You build your following. These people that jump into your lives or people that are in your lives regularly. Every time I'm on live, I have people that are in there every single time I'm live. Same goes for you, I'm sure. Like, these people, like, are the same way that we go to Terry Joe as they come to see us, you know, like, and I think that's something that it's important to look out that you're able to, like, offer that little bit of a getaway or a little bit of a time away or a little bit of, like, entertainment or guidance on, like, makeup or whatever it may be like on tiktok that is so true you don't even gotta leave your fucking house girl and that app is 
that app is crazy. There's so much on there. That is such a good point because I haven't realized that. I mean, I always read the comments when I'm on live and they're like, oh, thank you. Like you made my night. You're so funny. But it's true. You know, sometimes it's like even that five, three minutes that they're on your live, at least they're having fun and they're forgetting their bullshit that they're going through the day. Or like, you know, these people are like sitting there and they're like, oh, like, you know, thank you for letting me hang out with you. Uh, you know, like there's nothing going on in my, like in my city. Like I live in a small rural town and there's a, a total of 3,500 people. I have to drive 45 minutes to get to the store. Yeah. So I'm enjoying your content and like your videos and your live and being able to watch a drag show on your live gives me the opportunity to see one because I might not have the resources in my county or readily available for me. Yes. Oh, let's spread the love, spread drag on TikTok, spread my legs. I love being gay. Everything. Me too. Being gay is so fun. I think that's why people always try and it's against us. That's because it's so fun. I love being gay i say it all the time at work life is just so much less boring there's just so much that happens for us there is you know and every day our lives that are and our safety is being threatened and what more <laughs> of a thrill than than that, that adrenaline you know am i gonna make it to work alive what more of an adrenaline rush than thinking about if i'm gonna sh be able to walk out of the club i'm working at tonight without having an active shooter come mm, in yeah i'm very <laughs> like it's horrible it's horrible but that's the fucking reality that we're living in and you know yeah. i think that's something that people also need to look at like when it comes to policing drag and things like that like I wouldn't go to your job and tell you you can't show up to work like that. Yeah. Can't come you can't come to work like that. Or no, we're no longer allowing you to come to work. Like the fuck? All I'm doing is putting on makeup and going to work. Literally. I feel like I said, it's no different than how these people work. But I think sometimes because the environment that we work in is like party, club, all that kind of it's like pushed into this category that like sometimes it's not taken as serious. No, literally. And it's a full time ass job. Yes. You have to plan ahead. You have to to plan your day your days off you have to be smart about your money yes so many things and i think you're spot on like it, and drag is fucking expensive yes very very it's i don't know yeah for some reason maybe because it's funny because it's in the nightlife industry it's not taken as serious but this is our job baby so calm the fuck down yeah no literally y'all can sit the fuck down this is my job and i'm gonna go to work whether y'all show up or not so that part oh my god speaking of our jobs of drag i want to know what is next for you Ms. Rose, I want to know your short-term goals, maybe for the next year or so, and your ultimate goal in drag. What do you want to do with it? Like, the next year, I've been really wanting to look at pushing more digital content, like like you do on TikTok. I've been wanting to, like, set more time aside for myself to try and push more TikTok content because, you know, like, bitch, I want me some HOH slippers like you. <laughs> <laughs> that Paramount box was so cute. I was living for that box. It's, like, my highest accomplishment you guys, if you guys don't know, go look at Natasha's video on TikTok. She just got a box from Paramount Plus. And I'm a Big Brother fanatic, okay? And there was Are You The One stuff in there. And I fucking love that show, too. You had Survivor stuff in there. Ink Master. Oh, my God. I love Ink Master. They sent me some stuff. Some All-Stars. Oh, it was everything. Everything. But yeah, you got Drag Race stuff. You got the Challenge stuff, right? Like, yeah. Yes. I'm a huge Big Brother fan. So, bitch, I saw those HOH slippers and I said, <gasps> oh, 
Yeah, that was my my short term goal is really to push more digital content. And also, I don't post as much on Instagram. I post on my stories and stuff, but TikTok is one of the main platforms that I use a lot. I want to push more photo shoots this year for myself and, you know, get more on the grain because apparently that's the girl's resumes. And then long term goals, I would say overall, obviously, everybody wants to go on Drag Race and I love that. And if the opportunity ever came, I would take it. I've never applied for the show before, but maybe in the future, if my path, you know, I feel like lines with that, I will take it and, you know, see if that route is something I can go down. But I like really want to do mental health work as a drag queen and working with like queer organizations that like really focus on our youth of our community to really focus on like the upbringing and the support and all the resources that they have. They know that they are readily available because I think one thing that I didn't really know coming up in the community was like where to turn to for like gay resources. I don't want to talk to like somebody that is like heterosexual and I think that's something that a lot of us in our community like you know it's a feeling that we can all relate to. Talking to somebody from our community helps us feel like you know, like that much more safe, that much more comfortable. Um, but I really think I would want to like do outreach work, um, specifically if I can think of like an organization, um, the Trevor Project. That's an organization that like I physically used myself multiple times, and I think a better way for me to have like a full circle moment for my life from you know an organization that literally saved my life. Like, what better way to have like a full circle moment than to like be able to work with them and give back to not only the organization but our upcoming generation of youth. That is really sweet, bitch. You are a funny and crazy and sweet hoe. I know. I feel like you said I'm crazy at this whole podcast and I've been like so like poised and talking about like, you know, like positive outlets and all of that. Let me fucking tell you guys, I'm a crazy ass bitch, okay? <laughs> I'm down with the get down and I like to have fucking fun, okay? I'm not just like some regular, regular person. Okay? You are multifaceted. And dude, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The girls around me and the girls in my county, they know. They know. They know, mama. But like, that is good because I mean, you're showing different sides of you and we all have different sides you know you've known me in the club when i'm drunk and crazy and having fun and i'm also on tiktok like trying to teach the children what to do right like we all have all different sides of us yeah no literally yeah you have like yeah this is like your way of like looking you know like teaching the younger generation of like drag queens or even drag queens that have been around for a little bit because there's some girls that have been doing drag for like six years and they look the same bitch what why why do you look the same after doing drag for six years? Why? <laughs> your drag hasn't gotten better, your makeup hasn't gotten better, and your wigs haven't gotten better. You, at some point, baby, put the craft down. Find another outlet. My jaw's on the floor, girl. Are there any names? Because it's the truth. No, I'm not going to say names, bitch. I'm not saying names, but baby, that we like, start. Give me a hand. I said, once the podcast ends, we can start talking, girl. I'll tell you all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's the truth. You know, like, just put in work and find ways that fulfill you as a person. Yes. And your work life and your personal life and all assets of your life make sure that you are being fulfilled because I think that is something very big to look at once because when you're feeling fulfilled in all assets I feel like you thrive more as a person and you really just have that much more of a level head. That is true find something that brings you happiness yes I share the 
this story in the very first episode of the podcast, but one time, you know, that was dark times. I didn't know what I was doing back then. This one time I was getting ready uh, with this girl that had like maybe 10 plus years on the industry. And I was just trying to make talk with her. And I was like, oh, what do you like the most about drag? And she did look me dead in the eye and she said, girl, nothing. What? Yep, literally that. She literally said that. I was like, girl, nothing. I'm just doing this because it's paying the bills, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there are so many girls that would like kill to be on her shoes because she has great gigs. She's very well respected, everything. Full-time drag queen, yeah. Working everywhere. And that's the thing that pisses me off is that I feel like sometimes these people don't like really consider what they have in their hands. Like, and then to just pass it like that, this is like people's livelihood. I mean, this is her day-to-day job. I mean, I guess, but like my thing I look at it is like, why do you want to show up to work and be miserable? If you don't like what you're doing, like stop fucking doing exactly. it. Exactly. And go on the rant, bitch. Say it. Say it. If you don't want to fucking do it, don't fucking do it. If you're fucking miserable, be fucking miserable and go somewhere else and do something where you're not fucking miserable. Stop walking around with your fucking head in your ass and making everybody else feel like shit because you're miserable in what you're doing. It ain't nobody else's fault but yourself. Either you fix it or you don't. And to each their own. I would fix it. Same. Mind you, she was very professional and like she didn't be like a stank face to me or nothing. But if she was feeling like that inside, I'm like, baby, just find something else. My guest back then on that episode when I originally shared this story is Amazing Joe Lopez, Daddy Joe. Oh, I love, I love her. The best, the best. My Leilani. <laughs> the government name. The government oh, the name, name, honey. I always said that's the government debt name. Yes, this Leilani you said, it's the same thing as somebody that's going to a cubicle to a nine to five to a job that is killing them and that miserable. It's just, they're trading that cubicle for a wig and some rhinestones. No, literally. And it's like, why do you want to do that to yourself? Like, are you not tired of that? Do you just want to continue that lifestyle for yourself? Granted, that's some that's all some people know. And that's totally fair. That is totally okay to look at it like that. But like at some point, like you want to like feel better. Like you want to like enjoy what you're doing every day with your life. You want to enjoy coming to work. You know, like you want to enjoy seeing the girls that you see regularly in your packed gigs, you know, like showing up to work. And I feel like having that attitude is kind of like ungrateful and it's just such a damper on everybody around yeah it's gross it was tough it was tough i told some old lady at work that not that long ago i told her off (laughs) that if you were your age and you were that miserable here why do you keep working here go find something else she just looked at me like this twink this twink just read me because i was going off because she's just rude she's just so rude so much with her but she's just rude all the time and i'm like just because you don't like your job don't mean you don't gotta fucking you don't got to be a cunt when I'm asking you for your help. You don't have to like your job, but you, what you will do is give me the same respect that you want. That part. You heard it here. I will be the first one to tell you, bitch, you ain't shit and sit down. Mm, sit your ass down and shut the hell up, bitch. Me being a little rowdy. <laughs> I got a mouth on me, okay? I love that. I love being rowdy. I love rowdy bitches. That's why you're here. <laughs> <sighs> you know bye but speaking of telling things how it is we are entering my favorite part of the pod which is the drag tip of the week oh period period baby miss autumn rose if you could share one piece of advice to new drag entertainers what would that be oh wait are we talking like career wise performance wise makeup wise honestly anything that you think okay this is important to know okay one thing that i will say if you're a newer drag queen and this is what 
what I always, this is what I told my drag children. Take your fucking time on the stage. You have a full four minute and 32 second number, four minute and 15 second number to get all of those people. That is a lot of time to one, perform and then take tips. So maybe you're a stunt queen, whatever it is, but pace yourself in your performance and like, don't just be one of those girls that literally runs back and forth. Look people in their eyes when you're performing, slow down. I think one thing that I always try to do is every dollar that I grab from somebody, I look them straight in the eyes. Whether it be I continue lip syncing or if it's a bigger bill, baby, I, if it's like a, a 20, 50, I literally always tell them like, thank you so much or thank you. I appreciate this. Thank you. Just so that they have that moment of connection with you to show that like you appreciate what they did, vice versa. When your song comes on, go out and introduce your number, you know, like pace yourself, introduce your number, give yourself a minute or so at least. I always feel a minute is at least bare minimum of what you should do performing wise before you start grabbing money. Yes. At minimum. Such wise words, Henny, because that's one of my biggest pet peeves when I see a girl just like running around snatching dollars out of their hands. And then once they get the whole audience, they're like, okay, where's more? And the audience doesn't want to give more because- No, and they're like, bitch, all you did was go in a circle. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I hate doing that. So if you're just starting doing drag, Autumn is 100% right. Listen to this crazy whore, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I am 100% right on the 100s podcast, bitch, because we keep it in 100. Slow the fuck down with your numbers. Pace yourself. Give yourself some time before you go and start taking money. And, you know, make sure that you look everybody in the eyes or at least try to look the people that you're taking money from in the eye and acknowledge them. Don't just be one of those girls that snatches the money out their hand, goes to the next person, grabs their dollar, and it goes to the next person because there's plenty of girls out there that do that. And I promise you, you lose bookings, you lose money, you lose opportunity. And I just think it makes you look technical. No, it does. And when you're performing and when you're not just grabbing tips and you're actually performing, whether it's dancing, lip syncing, acting, whatever it is, people will tip you more because they're seeing the actual performance instead of just a queen on a beautiful gown or sometimes not a beautiful gown. <laughs> and just walking Girl. around grabbing money. Mm-hmm. Yes. With no earrings. Ooh, with no nails. <laughs> with no... That's another one. No nails. And if you're not going to have nails, bitch, paint your nails. Mama. Mama. Listen, on episode, what was it? 34. I had the wonderful Eve of 6,000. We talked about nails. There's still a poll on that episode on whether or not you use nails. Please go ask. Answer that. I want to know. I think that yes, nails is winning right now, but no nails have sickable boats. It's, bitch, it should always win. That's disgusting. Do not go on stage with your bare boy hands looking yeah. with your fucking hair on your fingernails or your hair on your fingers that hasn't been shaved and being like, thank you for your dollar. <laughs> Bitch, you're fucking gross. Put some nails on. Taking a wig. Not taking a wig, honey. That escalated. That escalated. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, it irritates me. It irks me. Girl, sometimes it really irritates me when you see these girls out here and they'll be like, listen, I want everybody and all, any and all drag is valid. Okay, let me say that. But put on some fucking nails. Put some fucking nails on. This is the least you can do to cover up the man. Like a bare minimum, nails and earrings. But I want to invite, if you don't wear nails, just put them on once for performing and see how it changes. Because to me, it's like night and day. When I'm wearing nails and performing, I'm like, mm, oh, yes. You guys see these nails on my hands? Uh -huh. yeah, you see the rings? Yeah, I have rings on. Look at the rings too. Yeah, you see my earrings? Oh, wow, my nails are going to run across my earrings. Look at those. Very that. Very that. You know, like you got to find ways to hide the man nails earrings 
rings they help eliminate some of those manly features that we all have to eliminate those things you know like bracelets whatever honey perfume perfume oh it's <laughs> another topic that's a whole nother podcast honey <laughs> that's a girl we're gonna keep going if we don't if we keep talking we're literally because we are at time i learned a lot from you i learned a lot from your journey and i loved it every second of it thank you so much for opening up for bringing all your energy here baby please remind the people where they can find you and support you on the social medias of it all yes thank you for having me you know it's been a long time we've been talking about having me on this for a while thank you for like just thinking that I could hold my own on a podcast like this with you. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to also discuss something that's not talked about as much. So, you know, like it's a more, I would say, kind of tender episode that covers topics that we don't really talk about as much. But I appreciate you like giving me the opportunity to shed light on all of that. So always mama. Mwah. I love you. But you guys can all find me on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Autumn Rose with two E. Yep, but um, I don't have Twitter. But maybe I will get a thread and get a Twitter soon or something because why not? Get threads, bitch. Okay, by the <laughs> by the airing of this episode, we'll see if you have threads yet or not. Okay. Okay, I'm down. We'll see. We'll see. We'll circle back. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, y'all. I really appreciate it. I hope you had fun. I hope you learned something. Uh, and if you want to support me, again, you can do it with the podcast from as little as $1 a month. Girl, it's a dollar. It's a, Imagine you're going to one of my shows and you're just giving me a dollar. No, literally. That's what I was about to say. Like, it's the same dollar that you would tip at the exactly. club. Exactly. So just, you know, go to the show notes. Support the pod. And if not, just share it with your friends. Rate it five stars. You know, listen it all over again. This was a fun episode. Until next time, okay, honey. Baby. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Hundred Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.